Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got Dr. Debbie Silver on with me today as my special guest. She is the CEO and founder of PBT Institute. So we'll go into what all that is about in a minute. But specifically, we're going to be talking about how unhealed betrayal affects your relationships in today's podcast. So welcome very much, Dr. Debbie Silver. Uh, Thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. So first of all, Debbie, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and and what this PBT Institute is all about? Yeah, sure. So it's actually my 30th year in business. And as uh, you know, life would morph and change, so would business. And I started in health and then mindset and then personal development. And then I had really painful betrayal from my family thought I did what I needed to do to heal. And then uh, a couple of years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. So I got him out of the house and looked at the two experiences and thought, okay, what's similar to these two? Of course me, but what else? And I realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed. I was never taking my own needs seriously. So here I was four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. I was 50 and I'm like, I'm going back for a PhD. And it was in uh, transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was changing so much, I didn't quite understand it. He was too on his own, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal, what holds us back, what helps us heal and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally, when the people closest to us lie, cheat and deceive. That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my business, my work, my life. Um, And to answer your question in a very long-winded way, the PBT Institute stands for Post-Betrayal Transformation. Um, Once the three discoveries were made and we saw everything that was working, we realized nothing like this exists. And what would happen if we put uh, what the research proved we need, we need, and we excluded everything that doesn't work and we have it all in one space. That's the PBT Institute. Wow, I actually love it. Doesn't it um, always be the case that, you know, quite often our mess becomes our message and, and what actually is what we get known for? A hundred percent. And it's it's interesting because I never, ever thought I would be, you know, running an institute around the topic of betrayal. But I, I you know, as I was even going through the program and, and here my, my study participants were sharing what worked and we, I was, the research was proving what worked and what didn't. And I was just implementing what I learned. And I remember that moment where I thought, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but if I do, I'm taking everybody with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Well, I think, you know, that there must be no human being on the planet that hasn't been through some sort of perceived betrayal, if not an actual, you know, what anybody else would call betrayal, but, you know, something that they personally have received and perceived mm-hmm. as betrayal. And, you know, that's, that's what counts, isn't it? You know, what, what we feel around any situation or person. 
Yeah. And, and that's it. And, and anyway, I define betrayal as really the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. And, and every relationship has them. And the way it works is the more we trust and depend on someone, the deeper the betrayal. So let's take a child, for example, who's completely dependent on their parent, right? And then the parent does something awful. That's going to have a different impact than, let's say, your best friend telling your secret, your coworker taking you know, your idea. I mean, it's still going to have an impact, but not to the same level. But the um, that's why the discoveries were so useful because it just made sense kind of out of the senseless. And I'm happy to share what the discoveries were, if that would help. Absolutely. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, what was the first discovery? Yeah. So the first one was originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And, and for those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth is if you can imagine kind of an upside of trauma, how a trauma, any trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever, leaves you with a new awareness, insight, perspective that you didn't have before the experience. But I had been through death of a loved one and I had actually been through disease. And I was like, no, betrayal feels different. But I didn't want to assume it was the same for everybody in my study. So I asked all of them and I said, if you've been through other traumas, besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Every single one of them said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the entire self is shattered, rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, they're all destroyed. So, you know, like, let's say you lose someone you love, you don't necessarily take it personally, you know, Um, but you, this was the kind of thing where it, it really involves this complete and total rebuild of the self. So it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. It was like, yeah, you have to rebuild your life, but you also have to rebuild yourself. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. That's the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. So that was the first discovery. And can you give us any examples that, you know, sort of fit into that discovery, either that you personally went through or you know, that you can tell us in terms of a case study? Yeah, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is me, right? It, it's when, you, when you've when you rebuilt all of those aspects of the self that were shattered, you really create a new version of you. And betrayal really lends itself to creating an entirely new identity. You leave behind uh, what no longer serves and you create a version of you that actually never would have had the ability to be formed had that experience not happened. And that's the potential. But what so many people do is they get so tragically stuck in the pain and in the event. And I'm not minimizing it at all. I look at betrayal as one of the most painful of the human experiences. But because of that complete and utter death and destruction of the old, there is this opportunity to birth the new. Whether, and and, you know, this is what I learned too, rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. And that's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely new, like from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I did with my husband. So not long ago, as two totally transformed people, we married each other again, new rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids as our bridal party. Never would I have done that if I wasn't completely different. And for sure, if he wasn't completely different too. Um, but what I see is so many people are so afraid of ending, you know, of the, of ending the old, 
Um, and so they just try to patch it up, patch it up, patch it up. And it, it often doesn't work because there, there actually were three groups in my study who did not heal. Um, one of them, this was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of religious reasons, financial fears, not wanting to break up a family, whatever it was, or just fear of being alone. I don't know, whatever, whatever, so many different types of fears. They just try to put it behind them, turn the other cheek. And I saw two things with this group, a, um, a further deterioration of the relationship. And two, this was the group that was the most physically sick. Your body can't handle, your broken heart can't handle that. So, but that's why, um, yes, it's so painful to lose it all. Um, but that's the way to birth the new. Like I said, whether it's a new you, a new potentially new relationship, new something. That was the first discovery. Yeah. And I think it's key that you mentioned about, you know, the, the, the implications and the impact on our, our physical health and well-being, you know, because of the stress of staying in a relationship that isn't serving us very well. A hundred percent. And that was actually part of the second discovery. And, and what that was, was that we found there's actually a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. And we've had easily 45,000 people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. Men, women, just about every country is represented. A few things about that quiz. The first is, you know, we've been taught time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, that's simply not true. Um, there's a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling wow. to trust again. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. I feel gutted. My betrayal happened 40 years ago. I can still feel the hate. So we know um, time does not heal betrayal. Um, and I pull the stats every couple of months just to see where people land. I'm happy to share them if that would serve. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Sure. So um, this is out of, you know, figure 45,000 people, ready? 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. I mean, that's just exhausting right there. 94% deal with painful triggers. And those triggers can take you right down. These are the most common physical symptoms, ready? 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. So you can, you go to sleep, you wake up, you're just as exhausted. That's how you know your adrenals have tanked. 47% have weight changes. In the beginning, maybe you can't hold food down. Maybe later on, you're using food for comfort. 45% have a digestive issue. Anything from diverticulitis, Crohn's, IBS, constipation, diarrhea, your gut is wrecked after a betrayal. The most common mental symptoms. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% are unable to focus. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. So now imagine you can't concentrate. You, you know, you have a gut issue, you're exhausted, and you're supposed to work. You're supposed to raise your kids, right? That's not even the, the emotional symptoms. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are really angry really common to bounce back and forth between sadness and anger too, which is mm. exhausting. 82% feel hurt. 80% have anxiety. 79% are stressed. So here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again, ready? 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 
90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Wow. So interesting and, and such high stats, you know, uh, along all the, the negativity that, you know, from the things that impact as mentally, emotionally, and physically, it's uh, astounding. It's not like it's 20, 30%. Exactly. No, no, no. These no. numbers are staggering. I mean, that's how common it is. And that's why um, it's, it takes a different protocol to heal. And most people, maybe they approach it. They say, okay, well, let's say I go to therapy. And first of all, if that therapist isn't highly skilled in how to help someone move through a betrayal, it actually does more harm than good. And we have a lot of people coming into the PBT Institute with therapy trauma. So, and even if that therapist is good, that's only healing on one level. Betrayal hits us, as you saw from, you, you heard from the stats, it hits us physically, mentally, and emotionally. So if we don't address all of those things, where it's partial healing at best. It's so, so interesting. And um, I haven't actually been aware of how shockingly high some of those stats are, you know, so what, what's, what's the solution then? What's, yeah. What, what is it that helps people sort of reverse all those stats, so to speak? Well, you know, a few things. The first thing is what's even crazier about those stats is that isn't even necessarily from a betrayal that happened recently. That could be, those stats could be from a betrayal that happened decades ago. And, and when, when I would, to answer your question, how do you move through it? You move through it by moving through the five stages. And that's actually the third discovery. Um, and what we found was to me, this was the most exciting of the three discoveries. And what we found was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many people do, if we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean coming in with symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that healthy, whole, healed state of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every single stage, and we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next so healing is entirely predictable if someone is willing to move through the stages. And I'm happy to share them with you if that would help. Yeah, that would be great. I'm sure our listeners are really keen to know what the stages are. And is it important to do the stages in a set sequence and order? Yeah, the stages never, uh, never change order. What happens is you outgrow a stage as you move into the next one. And you, but you can stay stuck in one. Most people uh, find themselves and stay stuck in stage three, the most common place to get stuck. When I go through them, you'll see exactly why. So they're totally mapped out. The five stages totally mapped out in trust again. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute. It's what our coaches are all certified in, but I'm going to give you a distilled version right here. So Stage one is before it happens. And if you imagine, if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody, me too, was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing, and not really prioritizing the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being right. So it's, it's easy to imagine if a table has only two legs, easy for that table to topple over. If we're only focused on those two things, easy for us to topple over too. Mm -hmm. Stage two, the most, uh, the scariest of all of the stages. And this is uh, shock. 
trauma, D-Day, Discovery Day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So this is like where the person takes a mask off and reveals who they've been, right? And uh, so you right here, you've ignited the stress response. You're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You can't wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview is shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. It prevents chaos. It governs you. It's the rules, right? Don't go here. Trust this person. This is how life works. And in a moment, your worldview has been shattered and a new worldview hasn't shown up yet. So the bottom really has bottomed down on you. Um, but think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge it's the most practical out of all of the stages. Uh, if you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Right. But here's the trap. Once you've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, we think it's good. And because we have no idea there's a stage four or stage five, transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we, know, we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we start planting roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And then four things happen. The first thing is you get all these small self-benefits. You get to be right. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You get your story right? You don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget it. I'm not trusting anybody. And so you plant deeper roots here. You're not supposed to, you don't know that now because you're here um, longer than you should. Now the mind starts doing things like maybe you're not that great. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. And so you plant deeper roots now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, and this is the energy you have. You're calling situations and circumstances and people towards you to confirm, yep, this is exactly where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but you don't know there's anywhere else to go, you're miserable right here. So you resign yourself. You're like, I better figure out a way to be okay with this. So here's where you start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, whatever it is, to numb, avoid, and distract yourself from this painful place to be. So think about it. You do that for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone... 20 years out and say, you know, that drinking you're doing or that emotional eating you're doing, that numbing in front of the TV you're doing, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I am full-blown crazy. Mm -hmm. say it happened 20 years ago. But do you see? All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I can recognize that's exactly what I did after, you know, going through my own trauma in my teens and uh, using yeah. food as that emotional crutch and, uh, medicating myself as a means that's it it's, it's so common and, and that's why you know while trust again maps out the five stages it was so obvious that people were getting stuck in stage three that my newest book from hardened to healed is just for stage three because that's where most people land i mean so i'm, I'm stage three or i'm coming for you in this one so anyway if you're ready to and willing to let go of those small self-benefits, grieve, mourn the loss, bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo 
my experience, but I control what I do with it. And right there, when you've made that decision, you're starting to turn down the stress response. So you're not healing just yet, but you stopped the massive damage you were causing in stages two and stage three. Stage four also is interesting because, you know, I always use this example of if you've ever moved to a new house office condo apartment, you don't, you don't bring everything with you. You know, you don't bring the things that don't represent who you want to be in, in this new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you right here, you've outgrown them and you don't take them with you. So people say to me all the time, I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. So really common to have a shift in friendships at this stage. Anyway, when you've made um, stage four mentally, you've made it okay. You know, you've sort of grown into it. You move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. Your mind starts to heal. You're making new rules, new boundaries uh, based on what you see so clearly now. And uh, you have a new worldview based on the road you just traveled. And the four legs of that table in the beginning, it was just all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Wow, love it. Love it. So can you give us a, a bit of a case study that either represents, you know, your own sort of path moving through that or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody you've worked with so that we can sort of get a sense of where somebody was, what what yeah. what, what they did through the stages and, and where sure. they are at now? Yeah. So here, let's I'll use myself as an example of moving through the stages. So uh, beforehand, I, I was in way over my head, four kids, six dogs, thriving business, just doing all I could to just keep it going, make it all work. And I I didn't have, I was almost machine-like making sure I can get things done because I was overwhelmed with my life. Wasn't really paying close attention and never suspected anything had changed in my relationship uh, to really be concerned about. So it wasn't even in my realm of consciousness. Um, my stage two, I was shocked. I was blindsided. It was the absolute worst experience I had ever been through, but that was the deal breaker. So got him out of the house. And really in the beginning, it was just, you know, the kids take care of the kids, clients crash, kids, clients crash. That's it. I didn't really have the bandwidth for anything further. I was also so ashamed and, um, and, and so embarrassed and humiliated that I kept, I kept this to myself. I struggled and suffered in silence. And at a time where we need support the most. Are you having I, um, to share what the betrayal was? Yeah, it was. It, what's that? Are you happy to share what the betrayal was? Yeah, sure. It was It was infidelity. And it was soul crushing and mind blowing. And, um, and, and so I just, I, I didn't even know what to do. But that's when I said, that's it. Something has to change. And I just, that's when I uh, enrolled in that program. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to make this work. And I, I didn't even, I just said, okay, I'll keep my business going. I'll make sure the kids are okay. And I'm taking this on. And, and I just had a feeling it was going to be for a bigger reason, but I didn't know quite what it was just yet, you know? And, um, and I think the reason why I didn't stay in stage three for so long was because it was so mission driven where as I was healing, I started working with clients 
and they were healing too. And I saw it was working. And then when the five stages showed up, well, then I put that into a program and that blew up. And then I said, well, how do I leverage me? And I created the certification program and that blew up. And then I, when we had, I had this idea for the PBT Institute where we can have the right kind of support and the programs and the coaches teaching daily classes, like in everything. I think that was one of the reasons why I healed as quickly as I did. And then um, stage four for me was getting this going while I was doing a tremendous amount of healing. Now I'm, you know, my husband on his own, he was doing a tremendous amount of healing as well. And I think he healed to the extent that he did because he was actually the one who told our kids and if anything is going to have you wake up and realize what matters, it's realizing you just lost everything that mattered. Mm. Um, and he took that seriously in, in rebuilding with them and then, and with me, you know, separately. And then, you know, so here I was, I was healing. Um, we, I didn't have any intention of getting back together with him or anything. I was just working on myself separately. He was working on himself. And then um, the stage five piece was, really coming together as two brand new people, you know, with me having all of this research and now passion and purpose and um, him just becoming this version of himself that probably never would have shown up if he didn't lose everything he had as well. So that's sort of my journey through the five stages. Excellent. Love that. And thank you so much for having the courage to share it as well. So how long ago did that happen for you then, Debbie? Yeah, it was uh, late 2015. So when you think of, you know, it's, and, I, and I, I get reminded sometimes because it was September of 2015. And by, um, by January, I was enrolled in that PhD program. And so five books, two TEDx talks, the, you know, from Betrayal to Breakthrough podcast, the entire institute, the programs, our certified coaches, everything, everything is since then. Wow, that's an incredible achievement. And, and when did the reconciliation happen for you? That was, you know, I forget the timing, but it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago, but it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it was one of those things, you know, as like I said, it's two completely different people. Um, you know, we just, we came back together again and it's, and now it's so interesting. It's like, we're a whole new family, you know, all the same people, but we're not all the same. You know, our four kids are best friends and it's like, they've been through war together, you know, and now, and now we're just having so much fun. We're making up for a lot of lost time. I think kids, even if they've had, a, I mean, I know for me and my brother, when my mom and dad um, separated and divorced, we previously hated each other, you know, we fought like cat and dog, but funnily enough, the actual separation and divorce of my parents actually brought us close and yeah. we've maintained that closeness. So it just goes to show that it can be an upside. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it's, uh, and it's interesting to see, you know, what it, what it's done, you know, for all of us, just as a, as a family. And um, I'm just, I didn't do anything anybody else couldn't do. I'm just doing something good with something bad. You know, I just, I was like, either I'm the poster child of betrayal or I'm meant to do something um, good with this. Yeah. And hopefully I am. Yes, you are most definitely. So, so what ages uh, are your kids? Uh, 26, 25, 21 and 20. Okay. 
So, uh, yeah, so, so a couple of them are going through some crucial teenage years exactly. where they were probably having exams and all sorts coming up during this period then. Yeah, it was, it was a really, it was a, it was a brutal time. Not going to lie. It was the hardest experience of my life. Uh, and I've been in the ICU for 11 days. This was harder <laughs> for me. Really? Um, you know, yeah, it just, but looking at it now, you know, I see the clear reason behind it. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes in, uh, during the actual chaos and the challenge of it all, we can't join the dots, but once we've come through the other side, we can see the reason for why yeah. we're doing what we're doing because we can connect the dots and, and realize, you know, this has been my purpose and this is why I went through what I went through and actually then look upon it as a positive experience rather than a negative one. Exactly. And, and that's it. It's like, how do you, you know, especially when the five stages showed up and there was an actual roadmap to heal, uh, you know, I mean, how do you, how do you not share that? And, and, and I'm actually a very private person and, and, you know, but any good coach has a coach, right? And I remember in the beginning, uh, speaking with my coach and to say, oh, the study proved this, the study, the study, the study. And he, he just looked at me one day and he said, just stop hiding behind your effing study already. And I knew <laughs> I had to get out of the way. And I, I sat the whole family down and said, okay, you know what? The story is going to be out there. And, and I thought the kids would be like, oh, come on, mom, you know, and they were, they were proud of me. And my biggest supporter um, was my husband. So you're going to help so many people. And you're also going to teach them that uh, the portrayers can change too. So, uh, you know, something really good is, is being birthed from it. And that's great, you know, because I think a lot of people, you know, having been through that sort of type of betrayal when it's, you know, adultery, think that that's it. They could never recover from that or they could never, you know, trust that person again. Or if they um, did, then probably that, they'd always be thinking, is he going to, or is she going to betray me again? You know, there would always be that, that doubt still going into the relationship rather than letting all that go and be fully healed. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why you certainly have every right just to heal yourself and move on. And, um, but we, we teach within the PBT Institute, how do you know if it's safe and in your best interest to heal and rebuild or heal and move on? It's very clear. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm especially, I suppose, grateful that you've been able to short share that as a personal experience and, and see that there is, you know, life after that sort of betrayal and that you can actually grow through it together and come back together as different people, but still be, you know, in love again and, and to the point where you can get remarried and uh, live a healthy, more fulfilling life. And have more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm assuming now that you know you uh, I don't know if any of your children have blown the nest now but I mean I suppose you're going through a time probably where you can sort of have more you you and me time yeah and with the kids you know as adults it's great and now we just you know we all travel together and just just really have a, just we're all really enjoying each other um and and it's like I said it's like we're all kind of new but it's all the same people. It's, it's fun. It's a, it's, it, this was our journey that we needed to go through to get to here. Um, and it somehow it worked. <laughs> and I think that's going to be a great role model, you know, for you, 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 you and your husband role models, I should say 
for your children to know that, you know, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. Well, they also, they've, they've learned so many lessons through this. They've, they've learned what not to, to do, you know, clearly that that was the biggest lesson they learned from my husband and um, they learned strength. They learned forgiveness. They learned resilience. You know, they learned a lot. And what mistakes do you think you made during that period? Because obviously there was his obvious big mistake. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that, you know, there were any mistakes that you can put your hands up to and say, well, you know, this is what I own out of it. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm really careful about this because so many people who've been betrayed, they they take the blame of something they should never do. Never, uh, and I don't, I don't agree at all that someone someone choosing to betray really has really has anything to do with the other person. It's never their fault at all. The only thing I, I, you know, when I look back, I see, I didn't take my own needs seriously. Uh, but at no point was it, you know, my fault, the, someone taking those actions, it is clearly they're doing. Yes. And I, and I see a lot of people really going down that road where they are getting blamed for someone else's actions. And I, uh, that's that's just not fair. No, of course, we always want to take a look at who we were, but at no point do we take the blame for that. Yeah, I'm just wondering because uh, I've been through not that sort of betrayal, but a different sort of betrayal, not not adultery, but whereby um, you know it was just an acceptable behaviour on it on his part, and I suppose my my ownership and responsibility within that that I learned was that um, I didn't have strong enough or high enough boundaries set, yeah. you know, as to what I would choose to accept and or not accept. Exactly. Exactly. And then I say, when we, when we learn that profound lesson, then it's trauma well served. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So any final words of advice for um, our listeners that you'd like to share? Yeah. You can heal from all of it. You've been through the worst of it already. You owe it to yourself to move through the stages and do something good with something bad. Excellent. So what is your best share as regards your contact information, Debbie, should our listeners want to get in touch with you? Yeah, I think they should all take the healed or hardened quiz. So they know exactly what stage they're in and they can just find that at healed or hardened quiz.com. And, and we'll make sure hopefully that we can put that link in the show notes so that the listeners can go directly to the show notes and, have a go and uh, see see what the result is. Yeah, thank you so much. You're very welcome. I've really enjoyed this, Debbie. It's been a really eye-opening experience and, and thank you once again for sharing your own story within that. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. So listeners, it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts and until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.